0: Being Reasonable, now heard on WHUP LP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough, and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. Please fasten your seatbelts. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable.
1: 1, 2
0: On this week's show, we speak with another repeat guest, Bruce. Bruce re-examines his belief that Jesus is the Son of a God and that there is an afterlife. So let's speak again with Bruce. It's been a year since we've spoke. Yeah. And it gives people quite a long time to reflect on our initial conversation if they choose to reflect on our initial conversation. And I'm wondering if people have changed any, if they thought about this more or not. It's very possible that people don't think about these kind of things. And they go on like they had been. Right. And I was kind of wondering where you were on that. The first time we spoke... I asked you how confident you are in your belief, and your belief was believing that Jesus Christ was a God at a five, and I asked you how important is it for you to believe in things that are true, and you said seven. Your confidence in your belief, do you think it's still a five, or has that changed? And the importance of you believing in things that are true, is that still a seven, Or has that changed? And I think at the end of our conversation last time, you mentioned that it's important for you to believe in things that are true at a seven, unless it's a spiritual belief, and then you revise that to a four, I think you said. And that's kind of where we left it. Does that sound about right?
1: I'd say it's close, yeah, from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: do you think you're the same or different? I'd say the
1: same. Okay
0: when I asked you about your belief as Jesus, as God, the son of God, I'm sorry, that's all
1: right. No, no, no worries. Yeah.
0: Jesus as son of God, that, and what does that mean being a God versus the son of God?
1: From what I understand, Mark, and I haven't been to church in a long time, but the way I remember is he was sort of the medium through God for the people. Okay. So Jesus is not a God then, but that's a good question. I think it depends on who you ask. I, I think if I'm kind of—I don't (laughs) know what I'm doing to myself here because I'm going to be contradicting myself because I grew up going to church and so forth. But from what I remember, he he was the son of God um, as sort of like um, a messenger from God for the people.
0: And when I asked you, how do you know this is true, I think we boiled it down to faith. Mm -hmm. And by faith, I think you were discussing at the time, hope that faith you used interchangeably with the word hope, that you hoped it was true. That might be different now, but that's, that's sort of what I took away from it. Does that sound about that right? That sounds
1: right, okay. yeah.
0: Maybe I should re-ask you the question. How do you know that your belief is true?
1: I don't. That's what faith is, yeah. I mean, it's not tangible, so you don't really know, but uh, I think I had said before, it's, it's, it's nice to believe in something higher than yourself, That there's something more when you die, that you're not just put in the dirt, and that's the end of it.
0: (laughs) So it's a comforting belief right? that when you die, that you survive your death somehow.
1: That your soul goes to a better place, right? Yeah. That there's more to the the world than this, the earth, that there's more than what we're seeing now. And that's a confidence at a five. On a scale of one to seven? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to put a number on it because it's faith. I mean, I hope that that's the case when I die. I mean, I don't know. I have faith that it's going to happen.
0: If you had no stake in the game, Mm -hmm. meaning that Jesus was the Son of God, whether that was true or not, had no bearing on whether you survived or death, would that change your belief
1: any? Survive death, or you mean that your spirit goes to a better place? Well, it's it's a better life after you die?
0: Well, when kind you say you go, to, your soul survives. To me, I'm interpreting that as that you somehow survive your death because you seem to go on and have some level of consciousness and be able to interact. It, I think that's what you're saying.
1: No. You know that's a that's an interesting point, Mark. I've never heard put it, heard it put that way, because we do hope that our soul continues, but I've never really thought about it in the same term that we're doing living right now. So you think that our You're saying if there was no consequence for me believing or not believing, would my faith be as strong as it is?
0: I'm saying that if your belief had no impact on whether there was a life after this life, right? It had no bearing on that. Okay. Let's say we had a life after this life because we're living in a computer simulation, let's say, just a thought experiment. Would you revise your belief any about believing in Jesus as the Son of God. Does that make sense? Uh, and, and the question is trying to get at, are you believing something because it is true versus believing something because it satisfies some emotional need? In this, in this case, an emotional need
1: to not die. I think it just gives you comfort. Yeah. It kind of makes you at peace with yourself. Does that make sense? I think so.
0: Yeah. I think you're telling me is that if you didn't have this belief, you would have more angst in your life and possibly more discomfort.
1: Yeah, I would say so a little bit. That's, that's a good point. Let's say, and
0: of course, I'm not saying this is the case, but let's just say for the sake of this conversation that that belief isn't true, that you should have been praying to a different God, <laughs> right? But despite that, The comfort that this belief brings could possibly outweigh the fact that that belief wasn't true for some reason. Is that that right?
1: uh, If I'm understanding you correctly, that's fair to say. Yeah. If you have
0: your two hands out and comfort is weighing down one hand and truth is weighing down the other hand, where does that scale lie? What's more important to you?
1: (laughs) That is an that is a great question, Mark, because obviously I want truth to be the main factor in my decision, whether I believe, believe or not. But in the same respect, I have faith that it's going to happen, that my ending is going to be a little bit better than my life here on earth. That's a very tough question to answer because uh, I do believe, I mean, I want truth. I'd like to know exactly what's going to happen to me. And I think tangibly... We think, well, that's just you die, you go in the dirt, or you die, you get incriminated, you get spread around wherever you want to get spread around. But my comforting thought tells me that when I die, yeah, I'm put in the ground, but my spirit goes to a better place. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. On a scale from one to seven, how important is
1: comfort to you? That's a close seven. I'd say six. So we
0: have a case— where truth is important to you at a seven, and comfort is important to you at a seven. And that's terrific when they align. But I could see in my mind a scenario where those could be at odds. No?
1: Uh, sure, sure. Like you're saying, I mean, you believe something that's going to happen, and then at the end, it doesn't happen. And so the truth is obviously different than your comforting thought or belief that you had about what would happen?
0: So let's use a thought experiment, and you might have heard this before, so I'll say it very briefly. I believe that Buddy Holly, the musician, is a god. He died, he rose, he's a god, and he does godlike things. That's my belief, and I believe it to my core. And on top of that, it's very comforting to me that i believe that Buddy Holly works in my life and he helps me make decisions and he's looking over my shoulder to make sure that everything is okay in my world. I'm thinking of two scenarios. If this belief turned out not to be true, would you recommend that I go on believing it because of the comfort provided
1: by the belief? (laughs) You are throwing some, uh, you are throwing some, uh, curveballs this morning. I mean, they're great questions. Yeah, because I don't even know if that's true or not. What's that? If Buddy Holly's the son of God. We we have a faith that none of us are the son of God, but you're saying that somebody in a human form could be the son of God. Well, that's my belief, Mm -hmm. that I believe Buddy Holly is a God, right? And for the sake of
0: this conversation, let's say that Buddy Holly is not a God, but I believe it strongly, but he's not a God. I'm wrong. Should I go on believing it because it's giving me great comfort?
1: You're, it's sort of like you're saying like atheists that don't believe in any God. Should, should people that believe in God still believe in God? If somebody's saying, look, it's not true. It's not, I know it's not true because it's not tangible. If
0: somehow we could find out definitively that Buddy Holly was not a God, I'm not sure how we could, but if somehow we could find out definitively that was the case, should I go on Believing it because of the comfort it has provided
1: me. I would say, believe it if it makes you comfortable, yes. So in that case, comfort beats out truth.
0: In that case, it would. Right. Let's say that in a different scenario, let's say Buddy Holly is a god. We somehow found out definitive truth that Buddy Holly rose from the dead and he is a god. And... Buddy Holly is making my life miserable. He really doesn't like me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He seems to be working against me and distorts the way I see the world and leads me to make poor decisions and what have you. In that case, should I go on believing that Buddy Holly is a god or should I believe that Buddy Holly is not a god? even though he really is a God, because believing in that he is not a God would actually be more comforting to me.
1: I would go the route of believing that he's not a God would make you more comfortable. If that's going to ease your life more, even though you're saying tangibly he's a God. We know 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 that he's a God. Yeah.
0: So it does seem that comfort truly beats out truth in both cases. In that case, I would say I would go with comfort. Yes, I would. So, my decision whether to believe that Buddy Holly is a real, actual God should be driven by the comfort it provides in my life. And I shouldn't pay attention to whether that belief
1: is necessarily true or at least as much. You are, you're good. This is good. These are tough questions. I guess I'm going with the comfort because if living under a ruthless leader who's a God is a tr- is a fact, but it's making my life miserable and making my life better would make me comfortable to believe that he's not a God, yeah, I mean, go with the not a God.
0: And I get it. I mean, we all want to live comfortable lives. So this was a thought experiment, and... If we could discuss this thought experiment now in terms of your belief, I think that could be helpful, that what if Jesus was really a God but provided a level of discomfort versus what if Jesus was not a God or son of a God, but that belief provided quite a bit of comfort? I,
1: I guess I'd go back to the comfort answer. The, the comfort is that even when
0: things are tough or difficult that knowing that this is not all there is, that life extends, and there's something
1: more pleasurable somewhere after I die. That's a good, yes, that's a good. Is that right? That's a good way of saying it, yeah.
0: I'm generally curious what you think that life will be like.
1: I guess no war. It's kind of a surreal, real way of thinking about life. Like the stress, the anxiety that we go through every day, all the bad things that we deal with, all of that will be alleviated when we go to a better place. We won't ever, it'll just be, um, it'll be like maybe a utopia kind of place.
0: So it's a place where there are no wars, no abundance of negative feelings. Correct. Like anxiety, anger, sadness, that our relationship with others is always on a positive
1: it's a is surreal is that the word? I mean it's kind of a place where you 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 can't you can't fathom it because it's not I mean that's not how we live now. You know, we have ups and downs every day. We have conflicts in the world.
0: When I think of the word surreal, I think of real but it's not
1: real. That's a good point. I mean like I said everything is faith. All this is it's not faith is kind of the umbrella. I mean we don't know for sure. Some people claim they do, but I don't know how they do.
0: (laughs) And I'm wondering, I'm just wondering how you see it, because I've never really myself have thought about what an afterlife could look like, like what it would actually be on a day-to-day basis,
1: you know? You know, I haven't either. I really haven't put much thought into it, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of it probably has to do with the way I was raised, going to church and believing that there's a higher power and that there's a better life out there. But I don't, I mean, I very rarely think about from day to day that life after I die.
0: I mean, I guess one way to look at it would be like a hedonistic perspective, like Disneyland. Like you wake up and then what awesome, wonderful thing do I want to do today? Is that how, but is that aligned to maybe how it would Not be? Not at all.
1: Oh. And I, like I said, Mark, I, I rarely think about it. It's a good question to think, to to ask. Well, what is that life like? You know what? What are you doing? I don't know. If the Disney World experience is your fantasy, then go for it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we don't know. It's it's pretty much individual, isn't it? Yeah. If we believe that there's a better life out there, what kind of life will that be? Does that mean that we'll finally see our relatives that we act when we were born we never saw, or relatives that we lost while we were living, friends that we lost? To be reunited with people who correct
0: died. Right. I could definitely see the the good feelings that would come from. And that's that. probably a huge
1: part of mine. Okay. Is the re reuniting with loved ones and friends that we've lost or I've lost over the years. Or relatives that I never knew when I was born, they were already gone. You know, meeting people that you that were part of your life, I guess, in a way. But they They were and they weren't. (laughs) Like, you know, bloodline-wise, they were part of your life. Your hair, you know, the way you are as an individual, it's carried on and on from generation to generation.
0: Well, let's talk about my thought, experiment, belief in terms of what you just said. Suppose I believe that Buddy Holly is a god, and the reason why I believe it is because I desperately want to see friends and relatives who died, and I miss them.
1: Hmm. Is this why I saw that cardboard cut out of Buddy Holly when I came?
0: <laughs> I've got Buddy Holly posters everywhere. I got a uh, <laughs> I have a life like Buddy Holly that rides around in my back seat. I mean, you have no idea. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend that I go on believing in Buddy Holly as God? If that wasn't true, but that belief reinforces the idea that I will see dead friends and relatives again.
1: Does that make you comfortable to believe that? Yes. I would say believe it. Yeah.
0: Could we think of a scenario where believing in something that is comfortable but not true could get me into trouble? And possibly the opposite where believing in something that is true but uncomfortable could get me into trouble. For example, if I believed, truly believed, that I was a billionaire and this gave me great comfort, could that belief get me into trouble?
1: Oh, sure. How? Because if your bank account doesn't show it, you will have nothing.
0: I mean, if I spend all my money, <laughs> right. if,
1: you, right. if you think it's limitless, right. If
0: I didn't believe I was a billionaire, but I was a billionaire, could that get me into trouble?
1: Yes. Certain circumstances. I guess if you have if you have that much wealth, you obviously have a responsibility to be charitable and philanthropic because there's no way you're going to actually spend that money in your lifetime So if you don't—you're saying if you're a billionaire, but you don't believe you're a billionaire, you have the means to help other people, but you don't think that you have that amount of resources, so you don't help other people as much as you could.
0: So it seems that, in that scenario at least, comfort and truth can work at odds against each other. In the case of your belief— Could you think of a scenario where believing in an afterlife or that we survive our death or that we are reunited with past friends and family members, could you see a scenario where believing that if it was not true could get you into some sort of trouble?
1: I would say no. I don't see how that would work against you.
0: So believing that there is an afterlife, that I will be reunited with past loved ones there is no downside to believing in that belief
1: there really isn't
0: you are listening to being reasonable on WHUP we continue our conversation with Bruce as he re-examines his belief that Jesus is the son of a God and that there is an afterlife right after this short break This is Mark Solomon, host of Being Reasonable. Do you like the show and want to help? Please subscribe to Being Reasonable as a podcast and maybe even write us a review. Thanks. So, believing that there is an afterlife, that I will be reunited with past loved ones, there is no downside to believing in that
1: belief. There really isn't. Because even if it is not true and you're gone, how's it going to bother you,
0: right? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. What if that belief somehow changed the way I live my life now? You mean morally, or what are you saying? Well, for example, what if because of my belief of what is going to happen next, like how great things are going to be, I, for some reason, was willing to put up with more crap in my life, more stuff that I shouldn't put up with just because of that belief. Does that make sense?
1: I guess that allows you to put up with the crap that you have to put up with daily to know that this too shall pass, that there is a better life out there.
0: Yeah, I see that. How in desperate moments or sad, difficult, anxious times where I could say to myself, well, at least in the future... Or when I die, things will really start getting good for me.
1: You could, yeah, you could think of it that way. On the
0: flip side, I think I could also see how, I could also see a case where thinking that this life is all that there is could motivate me more to make this life and the decisions I make more on the line. That... If this life is all that there is, that I could have an increased motivation to making this life better. I could see how both
1: could work, no? Sure, sure. That makes complete sense, Mark. What do you think about that? I agree with you on that. You're saying if you don't believe in an afterlife, live your best life now? If I mean, as far as if somebody treats you bad, don't turn the other cheek, throw it at them. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm not saying necessarily that that would need to make you more of a uh, combative person, but I could see a scenario where that could show a person that, hey, I only have likely this much time left in my life. And if this is all there is, I better start getting going on things, whether it be my relationships or job or what I want to do in this world or how I want to think about things in this world, you know? Sure. Like how, and I'm, and I just really want to know what you think here. Like, how do you think our world would be and the people around us if nobody believed in an afterlife? How do you think
1: things would change in our world? Consequences would not be thought about because if you have, you have people, I mean, you do have people that behave a certain way based on the belief that if they do behave badly in life in certain ways, they will go to a bad place. Whereas if they are charitable, if they're, if they treat people with respect, and of course there are times where you need to retaliate. If somebody's treating you bad, I mean, you can't always turn the other cheek. That's a, completely understandable. But in general, if you, are a, quote, good person, and you believe that the thought of a better life after you die by being a good person can lead you in that direction, I think that guides a lot of people's lives.
0: Are you telling me that if you did not have the belief that you have, that you would go about robbing and stealing and, and treating people poorly?
1: No, I think that, um, that's a, that and again, Mark, that's a great question because i think that believing in a higher power that guides your life in a certain positive direction rather than doing certain other things i think um i think that does change behaviors but i think if you're inherently bad you're inherently bad okay, i mean cool. yeah obviously for some people it's not going to make a difference but i think in general i think it's a it, i think it does for you in a way i guess yeah um you're I'm inhibited because I'm sure I'm, in, I'm sure subconsciously. I mean, I don't really think about it much, but I'm sure my inhibitions of doing certain bad behaviors in my life probably did come from believing that I need to walk a certain way, a certain line, or do a certain, be a certain person to go to that better place. Does that make sense? So you're telling me that part of the motivation of
0: why you do good things and why you avoid doing bad things is because, A, you want to go to an afterlife, and B— A positive y- afterlife, A right? positive afterlife, and B, you want to avoid a negative afterlife.
1: That's part of it. I mean, it's it's probably com- more complicated than that because I think—and this is where you contradict your—not you, but that's where— I contradict myself in a lot of respects because I think some people are going to be inherently bad regardless of if they believe there's a better life out there. But I think most people, if you're going to make certain decisions in your life for selfish reasons, I think it can cause you to not make those decisions because that decision could be a game changer as far as if you're going to go to that better afterlife. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I and see, and not your...
1: necessarily like killing somebody or you know, it's just certain behaviors in your life.
0: I think what you're telling me is that if we were a nation full of atheists, let's say, <laughs> that things would probably fall apart pretty quick for us.
1: Not at all. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. Is <laughs> I'm sure when I listen to myself after this whole conversation, I'm going to say, "Well, damn, Bruce, you really contradicted yourself there." Yeah, I did. Not it's, a worry. It's a. It's a. <laughs> Like I said, it's uh, a lot of it's individualist, and individualistic as far as um, if believing in a certain being or a certain life stops you from doing certain negative behaviors, then by all means do that. But you may be inherently good and not need to, you know, it, you might not even believe in anything, and you can still be a good person and not do bad things towards others. I think a lot of it, like I probably mentioned this before when we talked a year ago has to do with the way you're raised. You know, if you're not raised going to church and raised believing that if you don't do certain behaviors or you do certain behaviors, you're going to end up in a bad place, that doesn't mean you can't grow up to be a good person, just like that person that believes in an afterlife.
0: Well, and I wonder if a corollary could be true in the sense that could you have a belief in a God and for whatever reason, that belief increases the likelihood of bad behaviors as opposed to good behaviors.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, I guess it depends on the God you believe in. If you believe in a,
0: in a— Well, could you believe in your God and through that belief enact negative behaviors based on believing that belief? I would say No. You couldn't have your belief and have negative behaviors towards others. Have you ever known anyone who is strongly Christian and didn't treat other people well?
1: Oh, I'm sure. In life, I'm sure that uh, there are plenty of people like that.
0: Well, how do you account for that difference?
1: Human, You're human. I know that's a simple way of putting it, but we're all human. We're not well, I think
0: you're telling me that people seem to act a certain way,
1: and that doesn't have much to do with whatever belief they hold? That's a tough one, Mark. I don't know how to answer that. Because you can be—like we were saying, you can be atheist and still be a good person. Um, you could probably believe in a being that's not completely positive, and that doesn't mean you're going to do be a bad person. Um, I think a lot of it is probably— who you are inside. Now you're, this is good. You are really, this is good. I'm, you're, I'm, this is really, you're going to see a lot, of hear a lot of contradictions in this. Well, I mean, my, you know, my purpose isn't to. <laughs>
0: the isn't purpose to, is to put you on <laughs> the spot. <laughs> right. And I might've asked you this question last time. It sort of gets to the aspect of, is holding the belief more important than the belief being true?
1: Here's what I can think of with that. If holding the belief causes you to do bad things, then no, it's not a good thing to believe. Or if holding the belief makes you think I can do these uninhibited activities that really aren't good towards my fellow man or to my, maybe to myself, but that I'll still end up in a good place, that's not a good thing way of thinking either.
0: Well, let me tell you how I perceive you, if you don't
1: mind. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) And I don't usually make
0: these sorts of subjective comments, but I see you as a genuinely good person in the sense that if you had this belief or if you didn't have this belief or if you had my so-called belief in Buddy Holly, regardless, that I don't see myself seeing you one day and seeing you as all of a sudden as a, as a much better person or as a much worse person. I just see you as the good person that you are. I don't see changing much based on at least these sorts of beliefs.
1: That's a, yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of like people that throw, throw religion in your face a certain way and try to convert you because selfishly it will help them, but it won't really help. You can preach the word, so to speak, and still be a complete hypocrite in your personal life, yeah. but by you preaching the word, you think that that kind of uh, excuses your personal behavior so yeah, hip, hip, hypocrisy is always a, a factor. It can be, yeah.
0: If I may ask, why don't
1: you go to church anymore? <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, probably because I like my Sundays. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a bad way of putting it. No, I don't. I, uh, I don't. I, I don't make the effort. That's the thing. I guess. Um, I don't want to get, you know, dressed up and make the effort to go. It's, uh, it's a bad way of—it's a bad answer, but that's probably the truth. I mean, you'd, I'd rather spend my Sunday doing something else.
0: Well, if it leads back to the importance of comfort in your life, I totally get how on a Sunday, hanging out, you know, in your pajamas or whatever
1: is much better than getting your suit on or—and then— Unless you wear pajamas at church. Some churches might allow that. I don't know. I think you might be <laughs> onto to something. <laughs> well, I really appreciate this,
0: Bruce. I do. This has been a, a, a great conversation, and, and it's continued our initial conversation. And you are one of the first interviews I conducted over a year ago. And I am now conducting interviews with people I have in the past, and I'm glad I'm doing it.
1: I wanted to ask you because I, I, when we talked last, you were going to find somebody that, or you are going to look for somebody that was very much kind of a fire and brimstone person. Well, I've, did you have you have you interviewed somebody like that? I
0: have, and I've interviewed actually quite a few people like that.
1: It's Everybody, I guess with me it's more gray. Yeah. With them it's black and white. Oh yeah. It's and like I've if, interviewed it's more like, black and white. Right. Yeah. Where you know there's no gray answer there. It's it's one way or the other, and and. I have a hard time with that. I don't know if you do, uh, because I'm thinking, how do you know? Have you died and come back? Right.
0: (laughs) You know? And usually the response I get is faith. Right. Right. That makes sense. But faith used in maybe a different definition that they provide, in the sense that faith is not so much as hope, but faith in believing in things where there is a dearth of evidence that thing being true.
1: Do they do they tell you that it's in the Bible? Do they give you that answer?
0: Sometimes, sure.
1: Do you, and, I mean, have you ever thought, well, man wrote the Bible, like a spirit didn't write the Bible?
0: Well, I do talk to people who don't believe that, that believe that either God wrote the Bible or God directly inspired humans to, or directed humans to write the Bible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for some people... Discussing otherwise is a non sequitur. That they are not willing to consider that not being true.
1: Are you easy? Are you uh, pretty open about that? Open in what? I mean, sense? as far as um, some people are very judgmental based on the way people believe certain things. Is I mean, do you do you have to work on that for yourself? Sometimes thinking, wait, wait a minute, that's that's not tangible. That just that's why a, do you believe that way? That's a great question.
0: I. I think in order for me to do what I'm doing well, I have to really try to walk in my guests' shoes and really try to understand what they believe and accept, at least initially, as what they are saying to be true is true. Because if I I approach a belief... And tell myself immediately that it's not true, then I have immediately closed off my ability to accept that belief if it is in fact true.
1: Hmm. Right? Interesting. Yeah. In
0: In fact, before every interview, I tell myself this, or I read to myself this little paragraph I wrote to myself, and I say, I work towards mutual agreement about the reliability of different ways of assessing whether or not a belief is true or likely to be true. I acknowledge that my guest's position may be correct. I am willing to revise my beliefs if they are incorrect. Ideally, it will become increasingly clear to me and my guest whether certain methods can be relied upon to lead lead one to the truth. I value truth and desire to use methods that are less likely to produce false beliefs. So I read that before every interview. So I can be open enough to discover a true belief, a belief that is factually true, that is true whether I need to believe in it or not.
1: Yeah, very good. Very good. And I see
0: our conversation different than last time. I feel that it's more on a serious level, but that could be the fact that a lot's happened in a year and now we're interviewing outside as opposed to inside and, you know, in the world's...
1: Well, and it's it's. I mean, it, and uh, yeah, the world is it's a it, twenty twenty has been quite a year. Yeah, I mean, with the COVID, with you know the divide in the country, I don't know how you'd parlay this into that, but this sort of this kind of parlays into that a little bit, I guess. The how? divide that people have, the beliefs that they have, um, that you know, if you think a certain way, you're completely bad. I mean, that can pl- that plays in politics too, yeah. and that can play in religion. Also, of course. We're I mean, yeah. we're kind of in that now. I mean, there's not much. I mean, I think a lot of what we're talking about uh, is a middle ground. There's like we don't know what the truth is. We really don't in a lot of respects. And uh sometimes that I mean, that can kind of play in reality a little bit with politics, I guess, with the divide that we're having in the in the country that right now there's not a lot of middle ground unfortunately is there.
0: It doesn't seem to be. And as part of my motivation for doing this show is that we have wildly different beliefs as a society and To me, at least, it seems that many of these beliefs contradict other beliefs, and it's getting us into trouble uniquely at this time. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
2: Joey Funk. Something is what something is to hey, be Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause Something is what something is Something, Something's better than nothing Cause something is what something used to be Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause something is what something used to be Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing because nothing is what something used to be Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Because nothing is what something used to be Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Because nothing is what something used Something's better than nothing
3: to cultures not my own. I don't love anyone except for, of course, Canadians. Our love is like Drew Barrymore. Charming in 94, but not so much anymore. Our love is like
4: a place where dreams come